Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, would you stand? This is the last. Don't stand yet because I'm going to say a couple more things. And, you know, it always just aggravated the wahoo out of me for preachers to go, stand up with me now, and then they get started. You know? Uh, if you want to stand, you can, but you don't have to. And don't feel like you're a second-class Christian if you're not standing and someone else is. But, uh, boy, was that a bunny trail. This is, the last, this is the last week of this series, God of Wonders. And we've, it's been a seven-week series. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about God's wonders, the God of yesterday. And then last week was God's wonders, the God of today. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about the God of eternity. And let me just say, you ain't seen nothing yet. So would you stand with me and let's read from the prophet Isaiah. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. Never again will there be an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his years. The one who dies at a hundred will be thought a mere child. The one who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune. For they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox, and dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain says the Lord. Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for your promise, because your promises are true. They're sure. They're amen. Lord, I pray that the presence of the Holy Spirit would be manifested in every person who is present here today. I pray, Lord God, that we would receive a vision of what you're going to do, and that it would be a guiding star for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, <clears throat> this is Palm Sunday. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, the crowd went crazy. Yeah, they began, they cut the palm branches down and waved them and cried Hosanna, and the children were running in the, in the temple courtyard, and, and, and coats were being put down on the ground for the, the donkey to walk on that Jesus was riding on. They went crazy. Why? Okay, there's probably more than one answer because there was more than one person there. And that's the way we people tend to be. But uh, they went crazy because they were expecting something incredible to happen. 
we tend to think that, uh, or <clears throat> I've heard it shared many times, and I've even shared it myself, that they were expecting the Romans to be overthrown. And that would be, that'd be pretty good. What they, uh, but I don't know that that was necessary. I think some of them expected the Romans to be overthrown. I think some of them probably went a little deeper. Uh, I think some of them had expectations beyond just getting rid of Rome. I think some of them have perhaps read the prophet Isaiah or had heard what Isaiah had to say about what would happen when Messiah came. Now, they were a little bit premature in their enthusiasm because they were not aware that there was work that still needed to be done, but that work's been done. And now we have the words in the New Testament of Peter in Peter chapter 2. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. The earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Isn't that exciting? I mean, how many of you are looking forward to the heavens being destroyed by fire and the elements melting in fervent heat. I don't even know how that can happen and us still be here. I mean, we're talking about the God of wonders at this point in time. I think this is going to be a good thing because Peter certainly is acting like it's going to be a good thing us when it happens. And, and you know, I know that, uh, okay, let me, let me put it this way. When I say how many are excited about the heavens being destroyed by fire, mm-hmm, how many are excited about the 4th of July Nashville fireworks display? <laughs> or the Smyrna fireworks display? I mean, you know, okay, yeah, there you go. Uh, I mean, we like fireworks and we ain't seen nothing like what's going to happen. And what about this thing that he says, in keeping with his promise? What promise is that? We just read it. We just read it. A new heaven, a a new earth. Joy will replace crying. There will be no theft, no no injustice. Everyone will live a long and and, and meaningful life. Blessing will be... Replace misfortune. Uh, they will neither, neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. That's pretty good. And that's why they were excited. That's why they were crying, Hosanna, save now. That's what they wanted to see. When we look at the world today, what do we see? What what? I'll tell you what I see, three things that I see. I see war and hatred. That's just one thing. I know I mentioned two, but that's just one thing. I see war and hatred. People are, are divided by, by race, by cultural identity, by ancient enmity, by religion. All kinds of things. are When, when we think of being... Uh, divided by race, we, we tend to think of uh, that being a black and white issue, and certainly uh, 
in our lifetime, that's been the primary focus. But there are places in the world where we might not be able to tell the racial differences between people, but they can tell. And the hatred and the intensity is is strong. And and even in this country, <laughs> uh, when my when my ancestors came over from Ireland, uh, there were there were people coming from Italy, and they didn't get along very well. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Gangs of New York, but uh, yeah, that was that was kind of that was kind of the way it was. And you know, and in the early service, I said that, you know, being Irish, I was going to go Irish, you know, whip, whip those Italians, but Mario wasn't here wearing his Italian shirt that day in, in the early service, and he's got it on today. I don't have one, but let me just say, I love the Italians, man. I mean, look at this. This is, this is where that came from. All the Irish know how to cook is potatoes, and yeah. <laughs> but, and probably there's no place on earth where those enmities are more pronounced than the Middle East. You know, and we, we tend to think, oh, well, yeah, Jews and Palestinians, wow, that's, but that's, that's, that's recent. You know, there's even deeper and older things than that. We're, uh, Arabs and Persians and Kurds and, 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 and people, the enmity goes back long before Columbus sailed the ocean blue, came over, goes back thousands of years. And, you know, there are times when I, when I look at that and I look at those things and I go, okay, how do you solve this? How can this possibly be solved? And also, as I look at, uh, at the world today, I, I see economic and, and, and social divide bigger than it should be or could be or needs to be. A uh, little little quiz here, and actually the first service got this right if you took an average of the answers that were given out loud. But uh, if you were to uh, if you were to be asked what the what the difference was the the ratio between a corporate CEO, average corporate CEO, and an average unskilled laborer, okay, uh, I'll give you a clue. Back in the '60s, uh, it was twenty to one. Uh, the CEO made. 20 times what the unskilled laborer made. Now, the unskilled laborer could support his family, which that was, you know, probably not something they can do today. But, uh, uh, you know, a CEO could support 20 families. That's, that's, that's pretty good. What, what, what do you think it might be now instead of 20 to 1? I heard, I heard 200 to 1 in the first service. Uh, a 1,000 to 1. Okay, now you just blew the curve, buddy. Uh, 354 to 1. And that also doesn't address the issue of work satisfaction. You know, I I mean, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I didn't ask for a show of hands in the early service either, but I had like six people raise their hand. You know, how many are totally satisfied with the job that they have? And and it brings them, yeah, okay, (laughs) okay. Now, how many are not totally satisfied with the job that they have? Yeah, okay, yeah, gotcha, sure. Uh, so what, what's that all about? And that's not even addressing the gap between nations. I mean, that unskilled laborer who's making one 354th the amount that the CEO is making is a wealthy man on a 
global scale, a lot of places. And as I look at the world today, I also see environmental degradation. And regardless of what you think, you know, regardless of what you think about climate change and the causes and stuff like that, there's no question but that our, our water is more polluted than it was. Our air is more polluted than it was. Vegetation disappearing, uh, soil eroding, uh, entire species vanishing. That's just, that's what's going on, people. And also, as I look at the world today, I see that we don't have any answers. We don't, we don't have any solutions. You know, as I look at these things and kind of go, how can God fix that? Our, uh, our uh, solution to war and, and hatred is to simply kill everybody who's not like us. Or live somewhere else, you know, get, get separated somehow or another. Hitler's final solution is being played out many places in the world right now with various different people. And it's, it's worse. It's not, it's not better. Our, uh, our answer to economic inequality is to pretend it doesn't exist. Or that anybody can work their way up if they're just willing to work hard enough. And that's just, that's just not true. Uh, I, I, mentioned, I've, I have mentioned before, but about three years ago, I was with a group of pastors, and one of them made the statement, oh, poor people are only poor because they want to be. And, you know, and not only did I really think that was a ridiculous statement, I told him that I thought it was a ridiculous statement. And he said, well, you know, I was, I was raised poor, and I've worked hard, and I've built myself... And yes, yes, but this guy's IQ is north of 130, and, and he's got a, a load of talent in terms of communicating and, and being able to, to relate with people. There's a reason why average is called average. And if you've got a lot of intelligence and a lot of, and, a lot of, and or a lot of talent, and you're willing to work hard, yeah, you can go up. If you're average... It's a little bit different problem. And most people are. Our answer to environmental degradation is what? I don't know, better living through chemistry? Chemistry costs half of what we got. You know, uh, well, but we've had technological advances, Pastor, and I think they're going to solve the problem. We've had a lot of technological advances in the last 20 years, and the problem is worse than it was before we had the technological advances. But really the way that we deal with it is if it's not in my neighborhood, it doesn't matter. That's how we deal with it. I don't live in a rainforest. As long as the the toxic dump isn't isn't affecting my water. And none of those are the answer. I mean, we know that all of those situations, we don't have any way to fix them. We, We don't even know how it's possible to be fixed. But we have a God of wonders, and everything is possible with Jesus. God's answer to war and hatred, what would that be? 
maybe the Prince of Peace come. You know, I, 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 I look at situation just in the Middle East, and there are times when I just go, man, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how you fix that. Well, you fix that because Jesus is the answer. It says he will judge between nations and will <clears throat> settle disputes for many peoples. It doesn't say he will wipe out many peoples. It says he will settle disputes. That's a wonder. That in itself is a wonder. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Can you even imagine that? Can you even imagine no, no armies? Can you even imagine no warriors? Can you even imagine all the resources that we put into destroying one another being put into productive things? That's part of God's promise. You say, oh, gee, I don't know, I don't know how that, you know, how, how in the world can that happen? Well, it's going to happen this way. By myself, I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Sounds like he's serious about this. Before me, every knee will bow and every tongue will swear. So when Christ comes and every knee bows and every tongue swears and he goes, this is the solution, everybody's going to go, that's the solution. We, we will go that way. We will, we will follow that path. Jesus has been exalted to the highest place. He's been given a name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, the day will come when every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. That's a wonder. God's answer to inequality... What might that be? Well, there's two things, actually. It's a two-part answer. One of them is everything's free. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money, without cost. You know, every now and then I'll, I'll see a, a sign, a sticker, or whatever that says, love. The only thing you get more of by giving it away. And that's a sweet sentiment. And it's, it, it's partially true. Because as you give love away, you do get more back. But it's not the only thing you get more of by giving it away. Hatred. The more you, the more you give it away, the more you get back. Anger. The more you give it away, the more you get back. In fact, Pretty much everything, because Jesus said that the measure that you use is what's going to be measured back to you. And the more you give, the more you get. That's God's way of thinking. And, and the day will come when this is going to be fulfilled. And it's not going to be a matter of, my children are hungry, or where are we going to get the resources that we need? That won't be an issue anymore. That's a wonder, people. That is a marvelous wonder. The second thing, though, is that he will bring justice. He'll bring justice. You know, justice is a, 
is a, is a strange thing. I've, I've, gone, I've gone to court a few times, uh, mostly to testify, and always on misdemeanors. Uh, when it was, you know, me going there. And, uh, and I, rem- I hate court. I don't, I'm just sorry. I, you know, I, I, I just hate it. Because you never know. You never know what, what they're going to end up deciding. And it's just, I, I'd rather go to the dentist. <laughs> I seriously would. Uh, but God, the day will come... When he, when, he will bring, when he will bring justice to everyone, and not just to those who can afford it. Deuteronomy 27, 19 says, Cursed is anyone who withholds justice from the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widows. We have a tendency to look at that verse and go, well, two out of three ain't bad. Or one out of three. Basically what he's saying is that Those who generally don't get justice, the ones who need justice. And and let me just also say, this isn't all this verse, because the second half of this verse, there's another sentence that goes with it. It says, cursed is anyone who withholds justice from the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widows. And all the people said, amen. That's the rest of that verse. He will come and bring justice. With righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. See, a king will reign in righteousness. And rule rulers will rule with justice. Rulers will rule with justice. You know, I, I, I kind of grew up with the, with the idea, with the image, and some people still have it, that when we go to heaven, oh, we're just going to sing and eat corn on the cob. That'll, that'll be, that, that's what it's all about. Uh, and, you know, maybe that, I mean, I'm sure we'll get, get plenty of all that, plenty of corn on the cob, uh, and, uh, and everybody will be able to sing. I mean, uh, how, many, how many of you can't sing? Hello. Whoa! <laughs> Good grief. Okay. <laughs> I, I just wanted the hands raised, not standing up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make a joyful noise. Just do that. That's that's true. But I, I believe in heaven. Everybody's going to be singing, and and they go, everybody's going to have rhythm. Everybody's going to be on pitch. Everybody's going to you know do all those things that you need to do to have a good time singing. But that I don't think it's going to be a, all a, an eternity singing with dinner on the ground. Rulers will rule with justice. God's chosen people. And God's, God's answer to, uh, to the ecological degradation be a new heaven and a new earth. Peter said the present heavens will be destroyed by fire. That kind of tells me that we're not going to find solutions. And I don't think it's going to be a mulligan. I don't think it's going to be God. I don't think God's going to come and go, okay, let's clean this place up and we'll start all over again. No, it's, it's going to be a whole different thing. A completely different thing. 
when He creates this new heaven and and new earth, an incredible wonder. It'll have a city unlike any city that anybody's ever seen. It's, it, it, it's according to the measurements in Revelation, it's 1,500 miles long, and it's 1,500 miles wide, and it's 1,500 miles high. I can't even, I can't even, I can't get my mind around that. I mean, I, I can get my mind around 1,500 miles, but a city that people actually like, you know, and, and 1,500 miles high, what, what does that mean? Flying cars? No, flying people. <laughs> and a crystal clear lake, river, water of life will flow, and on, on each side of the, of the river there's, there's uh, the, the tree of life, and the leaves of the trees will be for the healing of the nations. What does that mean? I, I, the healing of the nations? I don't know, but, but wow. I mean, it's look, parting the Red Sea, walking on water, raising Lazarus from the dead, you know, five loaves of two fishes, feed 5,000 people. I, those, are, those are small, small potatoes compared to to what God has planned and what He's going to do. And God Himself will dwell among us and not just visit us as in Eden, but live in our midst. The greatest wonder of all is not any of these things. I believe that the greatest wonder of all, in my mind, is in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now it's clear no one could see God's face and live. Moses couldn't see his face. He could only see the, the back parts of God as he was being sheltered in the cleft of the rock. Isaiah saw the, the, the train of his robe, saw, saw the hem of his garment as it filled the temple, and he was completely undone just by seeing that. Woe is me. I'm an unclean man. I, I dwell among a people of unclean lips. And yet, Scripture says, we're going to see him face to face. Because we're going to be like him. Look at yourself. I mean, seriously. And not just physically. Although physically is enough. I, I was told, I'm, I'm told that there's, a, that there's a young man over at, um, at Lowe's in one of the departments there who is like a young me. I haven't met him, but I'm the guy who works there. And I'm told that, you know, he kind of acts like me and kind of looks like me. And boy, he's got to be a handsome young guy. <laughs> I got the pictures to prove it. I used to be. And, uh, but even so, and even, even more so than what you look like, you know what you look like on the inside. You know what you've done. You know what your weaknesses are. 
You know the things that you struggle with. But the Scripture says we're going to be like Him. What a wonder. What a marvel. What, what a God who can do something like that. 2 Thessalonians 1.10 says that that day he will come to be glorified in his holy people, which, I, which I, I don't think just means that only his holy people will glorify him. I think that he'll actually receive glory from us. Instead of people, instead of people going, well, I don't want to know God because I know those Christians. You know, I, I think it'll be, I want to know God because I know those people who know him. Glorified in his holy people and marveled at among all those who have believed. And we shall be like him. What he has done in the past, and he has done great things. He's done marvelous things. And they're true and they're sure. And what he does presently, and he, he has done marvelous things. There are many testimonies in this room to what he has done Presently, it's nothing compared to what he is going to do in the future because we have his promise, and it's sure. Come next week, invite somebody, bring somebody. I think it was two weeks ago, three weeks ago, that Arwen was doing the spotlight and going, invite somebody on Easter. Look, you, there are people that you wouldn't, dream will come to church that just because it's Easter and just because the Holy Spirit moves inside of you and goes, ask that person, they'll come. And while it's going to be a great day in any event, imagine what a great day it'd be for you to be sitting beside somebody that you never thought you'd see in this building. Ask somebody. Because the Holy Spirit's going to be powerful and moving tomorrow. And this stuff is real. These promises are real. And we don't want them to miss out on it. Would you stand with me? For those who are going to uh, pray with people, come forward. And if you're here and you need prayer, he's a God of wonders yesterday. He's a God of wonders in eternity, but he's also the God of wonders today. And whatever you need, come and ask. Come and ask. These brothers and sisters would love to pray with you and help you take this before the throne of God. You don't need to come worship with us for a few minutes. We'll create an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to move.